and we're live. Right. Welcome back, Tommy. Hey. It's good to see you. Yeah. You know what was the best part of my trip being gone? Not having to do this podcast last week? Well, there was that. But having getting my hair cut <laughs> two days before I leave for Florida and then having a hat tan. But not just like not just the line, but the little insert on the back of the head. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was where it was at. Hashtag Team Callaway. Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag snapback. Uh-oh. Snapback and tattoos. Are tight. That's what she said. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a hot start here on the PTP podcast. So pretty sure uh, Joe's going to be joining us today. I, I, uh, well, no, I mean, he'll be he'll be dialing. I'm sure he'll be commenting in because we were talking about Ricky uh, all weekend long through Twitter. Um, really, really hating on the orange Puma hat, uh, just like he was last week. And uh, I can't help but agree after he missed the cut. I mean, he played really well on Thursday or on Wednesday and then went to the South Course and just fell the fuck apart. Hey, if you can't, if you can't make it, fake it till you make it, you know? I mean, he's just trying to, he's just trying to find that, that big Rick energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just tired of seeing him on every commercial. If he can't make a cut, you leave Dick Dick Fowler PI alone. <laughs> All right, so welcome back to Tommy. Me and Matt held down the front last week, somewhat, kind of, sort of. The best podcast that we've ever done, specifically because Tommy was in Florida. Mm. I, I would I would say we didn't have the absurdity of just the random pull names out of my ass, Bronson Burgoon. Hey, no, stop it. I'm also going to say that I do kind of miss that Sawyer's not going to be a more involved part of the podcast. He did a very nice job last week as executive producer. He did. He was, he was a man on a mission on the phone. Oh, he's still here. Absolutely. Looking for some input. So let's hit this recap because we are kind of on a time crunch this week. We usually go a little over an hour. We can't do that. So, um, I mean, we'll start with Luke List. Um, I've been pu- I've been plugging Luke List for the two seasons of this podcast. Tommy, you can vouch for that. Yeah, I know. I was really upset because, like, everyone that we've been talking about all week, both Hudson Swafford winning the week before because I didn't get to talk about that. Yep. And then – Luke List and Zalatoris being in a playoff. I was like, are you – and I didn't bet at all last week. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? All these guys we've been talking about for like 16 months finally are coming to fruition, and I have no money on them. Come on. So Come on. I had, the, I had the top two this week. I made some money. It was kind of fun. Um, I didn't bet as much as I should have. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. But um, Luke List like- wins in a playoff against uh, Happy's Caddy, Birdie and 18 in the playoff. Uh, finally, after two years of pulling for the guy, he gets one. I, I'm telling you, like he's a guy that you got to look out for throughout the year. He, the putter leaves him from time to time, but every other part of his game is is a lot of fun to watch. I have a great take right now on Luke List. I just got out of what's called an elite cat, like elite fitting Callaway like um, workshop. Essentially, uh, they. Uh, they're putting me through like their master fitting program, which I'm really thankful for. Where I just got to talk to Sean Toulon, actually, of all people, like person to person. We had a full on conversation. I told him, you know, we're bringing in Toulon putters, and he's like, his dad's from Erie, and I think about making an Erie model. I said he should make the Amish buggy model. It was a real time. We're basically nice. best friends nice. now. Um, <laughs> but one of the other things that came up was Lucas putter, and Sean Toulon straight up is like, yeah, not my most beautiful creation, but you know, he doesn't really have a beautiful putting stroke, so it works. That's awesome. And I'm just like, shots fired, and Sean probably thought he said that in confidence, but here we go, it's out there now. Well, we we, <laughs> we, we all, all know because I've been picking Luke List to win a tournament for the past two years that he's definitely watching, so he now knows. Mm. <laughs> um, let, let's keep jumping. Zalatoris, uh, the putting. Him being in the hunt, so let's let's just crack your knuckles here. He is a good lag putter. The fact that his three foot putting is what kills him is is just insane. He needs to call Bob Rotella and go and sit in his uh, his office and talk about putting because he looks so mechanical and awkward that it makes me want to fucking puke. You know what's the nicest way to say you're a bad putter? You're a really good lag putter. <laughs> exactly, right? But what else it shows is that being a good putter is not as important as everybody wants you to think on the PGA Tour. Yeah. 
he, I mean, he did not putt his eight that 18th birdie putt on Holy Team. He just didn't hit a putt. Uh, he didn't hit it firm enough. Otherwise, it drops and he wins the tournament. I, I mean, that's that speaks volumes to me of what putting is in the PGA right now. It also speaks volumes to why Ron got so butthurt the week prior when it was a putting contest. Well. I kind of like now that there's putting contests. If you don't need to be a good putter to win some tournaments, you better fucking have to be a good putter to win other tournaments. Right. So, I, I mean, I'm even less of a wrong guy now <laughs> after this week. But um, well, okay. that's, that's the I mean, one where you say, you know, what sets apart, you know, a, a good amateur, a mini tour player, and a PGA tour player, everybody says the putting. Right. So, make it a putting contest. Great. I mean, no, I mean, realistically, I mean, Zalatoris, you know, we, you guys were saying how bad that stroke was on 18. It was horrendous. It wasn't a, like, the way you made it sound sounded like it was like atrocious. Oh, no. That wasn't a terrible Not you, him and Dan yeah. were saying that. That wasn't a terrible putt. They made it sound just like it was the short. year of the, of the century. I was like, no. Okay, first of all, it was an eight-foot putt. But, I mean, I guess he missed multiple three-foot putts throughout the week. And he that's, did. That's there what were, really loses. There, there was a birdie putt on Saturday. I'm so screwed up with this Saturday finish. There was a birdie putt on Friday that I think he was about three and a half feet. And he, I mean, it wasn't close. Um, so, and, but going back to your point about putting not being that important, I talk to people all the time. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I said it on this hard podcast to watch. so many times is the greatest different stat that improves your score is greens and rec. And so how do you do that? A, you hit the ball, not even on the fairway, somewhere – where you have a second shot into the green. If you're long, that means you're gonna have shorter clubs in, and then you and then you have a short club in with a clear shot to the green. These guys are good enough to hit you know all 18 even out of the rough, you know? Yep. And then where where does it take, you know, this is a more of an advanced stat for that's more for you know PGA guys. And then once you're talking about guys who's hitting 15, 16 greens or at least 13, and then it's how close can you hit it to the hole in proximity is really the next stat that's gonna differentiate them because putting is probably only the third or fourth stat within reason that's going to, unless you're making 40 putts or something, right. That's going to determine your score. So, so let's move on here. We got a uh, J day. Uh, I, I think J-Day. he firmly uh, put himself in the conversation as a comeback player of the year candidate. If he looks like that the rest of the season, I, the one thing I did notice after the whole out on 14 or was it 15, 15 on 15, he fell apart. Uh, you could see the adrenaline just got the best of them. The next like four or five shots in a row were just horrendous. Yeah, uh, couldn't couldn't find the center of the club face. Yikes! Yeah, it, it was bad. Um, but mm. he looks like he has a healthy swing right now, and I like his putting any any week. So um, we'll talk about him more when we get to the AT and well, I, I do want to say this week, just while we're. Somewhat within the topic, uh, Jay Day and putting and Sean Toulon. My dad, text, Toulon. my dad texted me and goes, I need that Jason Day putter. I said, Dad, it's a $450 putter. He goes, Oh, it's more than that because it has the red stroke lab in yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. He goes, he goes, I want that. We were talking about that care. in the media as well. It came them. up that Jason Day and Luke List, both non Callaway guys, were playing either an Odyssey or two long putter. I think it was the San Diego. I think he was playing or was List. No, he's no, a, the, no, the J day. It's the Daytona. Daytona. I, Daytona. I, was it? I yes, thought sir. they said something else. No, but, it's the Daytona. With the, with the red stroke lab. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that was, that was funny. Yeah, my 300 just... locations nationwide that carry two long putters. <laughs> <laughs> A nice little plug there. We we try to plug the place pretty good. There you go. So next on my uh, my list from the Farmers Recap, John the Volcano Rom. Um, first, I want to point out I, I jumped on Twitter does this uh, new live cast thing, and I jumped on with a group of Canadian guys that do a golf podcast. That um, they uh, I mean they get a bunch of guests. They had they're one guy's a mini former mini tour player, and we were talking about it. And I was like, listen, like he's a cold blooded player. He wins. Or he's cold blooded. He's always in the hunt. I was like, but I'd like to see him just run away with a tournament sooner or later. Like he never does that. He always wins by like a stroke or comes back late and fights back into it. Like he doesn't have that like DJ. Like I'm gonna take it and just run away. Uh, win yet in his career. In fact, he only has one worldwide win since 2019. Now it should be two because of the memorial robbery. 
He also like had to like withdraw like four other tournaments due to COVID. Wow. Then <laughs> free round. Figure your life out. Uh, get the vaccine. He is vaccinated. Yeah, well, he getting it. He's literally, he's literally just the most lucky person when it comes to COVID. I didn't even know you could get it four times. It's a while. So <laughs> I don't think he's had to withdraw four times. I think it's twice. Yeah. Well, he had to withdraw like he's memorial, and then it was one other term. It was one other term. So I went back through all the stats because I didn't believe it when they were talking about this on No Going Up today. But he has not won an event. Outside of the U.S. Open since 2019. What a tournament to win that. What a guy. Great tournament to win. But, like, when's he going to start winning? I mean, you're gonna, are, are you going to start talking about him the same way we talk about Sandra Shoffley? Oh, come on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Here's the thing. And I texted you this on I, Saturday. I'm, I'm not a – it's not what I'm saying, Tommy. But, like, let's, let's be honest here. Like, I, I texted you on Saturday. I said, is – Rom ever not at least in the hunt? Oh, Why do you think he's role number one? Because that dude, I was watching the leaderboard. Rom, I didn't know he was playing that well this tournament, but of course he was. And there he is climbing up the leaderboard, making a birdie put on 16 or whatever to put himself, you know, even closer in contention. Yep. And it's just like, man, this dude always competes. He is. He's always in the hunt. I, I'm not taking that away. He has the highest winning percentage of any of the players in the top 50 um, at like 9.8%. But it just doesn't seem like he's getting over the hump right now. He's always in it. I'd just like to see him. I'd also like to see him stop acting like a little bitch. Okay. Like, dude, everybody lives out putts. Quit being a bitch. Oh, that was brutal, though. That was I don't brutal. care. Like, he makes enough putts to understand that you're going to miss some brutal putts. Okay. And, like, you can call it fiery. You can call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, like, sooner or later, like, Check your emotions. Like maybe that's why you're not finishing tournaments. Maybe that's why I don't. Like, I, I was telling the guys that I was talking to on Twitter. I was like, he's gonna birdie 18 and go to this playoff. And then he was just so out of sorts that he didn't even come close. I mean, like he blew the ball over the green. I mean, he had an easy shot and he well, he got into the rough and then he back went back into the rough, which was atrocious. Like I just I I think he is so good. If he could ever figure his emotions out at all, he could be. I mean, he already is the best player in the world, but he could just could, he could rattle wins off. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely improved a lot. I mean, compared to like I don't know if you were watching him in Arizona State, but that was fucking brutal. Oh yeah, there's videos of that online. Yeah, I mean, just go watch. every shot is just. A, it wasn't five feet from the hole. It's just a travesty. And I, I don't have a problem with people who have high standards for themselves. I have a problem with people who. Let those high standards for themselves affect. He's a dude. He's a good dude. Like I've listened to multiple podcasts with him, and it's like, I, I just I wish he'd be better for the game that way. That's that's all. You mean on on course? On course. Oh, he's great for the game off course. Like listening to interviews with him, like they're. They, they were talking about on oh, no way up. Like he'll say something like, "Yeah, I didn't play my best out there today. I wish I would have been a little better." And then like later on, he'll do another interview, and somebody will be like, "Yeah, we know you didn't play your best." And he'll be like, "Well, I didn't play that bad." And he gets defensive about it. It's like, right? You can't get defensive after you've already said it. Like somebody's just repeating what you said. Right. Anyway, I'm I'm not gonna keep harping on Rom because I know I'm of the minority when it comes to that. Uh, like like I always preface it with, he is the best player in the world. Okay. Like I don't deny that. I just it's not my guy. Notable cuts from the farmers. Uh, Ricky got cut. Hey, Joe, where are you at? You checking us out today? He was like, no, you guys started late. I'm not going to watch. Uh, Bryson, Burns, Connors, Finau, Kepka, Spieth, and Phil all did not make the cut at the farmers. Um, Dubai Desert Classic. What a fun tournament to watch on Sunday morning at the ass crack of dawn because I wake up early. Victor Hovland, now number three in the world. You... Be careful about who the best player in the world is right now because he's making a little pitch for it. Yeah, everyone's talking about when's Colin Morikawa going to take it over. Um, yeah. Victor Hovland's done a lot of winning since since Morikawa didn't become number one in the world. He has three wins and a T4 in his last five worldwide tournaments. That's ass. And who did he beat this time? What happened in the fifth one? <laughs> well, we, we'll get to Rory here in a minute. Speaking of guys who acted like a little bitch, this weekend, my God, bang, bang. 
it was <laughs> watching him play. It was like watching a teenager try and do something. He was just like, I was okay when he ripped the shirt. Like, fine, you're frustrated. And lost $16 million. <laughs> but, like, on, on on Sunday morning, like, it was it was just hard to watch. Like, a photographer took photos, actually, which sucks. And, like, he made it very clear that it sucked. And then, like, on 18, just, you know, bogeys lose the tournament. And, like, I mean, he just, he looked like he was having no fun the entire day. It, it was like once that photographer snapped a picture in his backswing, there was no recovery, which is mind-blowing to me for somebody that's as good as he is and as mentally tough as these guys have to be. You'd think that they'd be used to that and be able to bounce back. He was never the same the rest of that tournament. And, like, I, I mean, visibly irritated about it. Even beyond that, there's just some questionable decisions down the end because I was talking to Dan about it. You know, obviously Dan's on the Rory tracker. Yeah. Sort of there. But, you know, apparently 17 is supposed to be a really tight driving little hits driver. Hits it into the waist area. Yep. I don't know what he ended up making, but it wasn't very He made par. And then, but then on the par five, hits less than driver. Yep. And then, which me says, okay, we're playing this is a three-shot hole. And then decides to go for it. And I'm like, you're going. Like, let's hit drive. Then hits. Let's get it out there then. But, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Especially thinking that situation. Like, Birdie there wins the tournament for him. Par is a playoff. Par is a playoff. So, and again, Dan is right, and I'll agree with this every day of the week. That's not giving Rory a wedge in one par five doesn't necessarily mean birdie. But, <laughs> no, it doesn't. But, true. but, but like, once you hit, once you made that decision to hit less than driver, you stick to the game plan. And it seemed to me like he was like, "All right, we're gonna play this little smart," and then gets over the ball. He's like, "You know what? I'm gonna let the green clear. I can get it on from here." And then, well, it's interesting. It's a high cut that lands 30 yards short in the water. <laughs> well, it's interesting. They they talked about it on No Laying Up. Like, it. He talked <laughs> about in his interview with those guys that he's going to try and find more fairways, right? And and they made the point that the best part of his game is off the tee. Like, and, and I know he had a rough year with it last year, but he's kind of found it again, and that's been the best part of his game. And the worst part of his game is the approach and putting. And he was making his comparison on the interview to Tiger Woods. And he's like, Tiger was always so selective about when he would hit driver, when he wouldn't hit driver. And it's a great point. Like, Tiger could do that because Tiger is probably the greatest approach player around the green and putter of all time. It is a very good conversation that he is top, yeah, top very three well in those three things, right? Rory is not. Rory is not a great player because of what he does around the greens. I mean, so if you're going to try and emulate Tiger Woods, you better have some. One of, one of the greatest players to be terrible, 125 yards and in. Right. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. So we're going to see Strauss King. Obviously, terrible is a very not, not even in the picture. I, I didn't even look this week. Like he's. I, I'm just saying for like last season, where was he? I mean, you can you can Google it if you like. I I just don't have those numbers. Yeah, what I really should have done is hit, laid up a three wood, hit his wedge. In the fairway to five iron distance, then he would have stuck it. <laughs> All right, uh, Dick Bland loses in the playoff. Um, what what a great couple years though for Dick Bland. Number forty, he's forty nine years old. He's almost in the top fifty. Like he's he's edging his way towards a Masters appearance, which would be really Honestly, cool. For inspirational, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's. I want to hit on the uh, LPGA real quick. Lydia Ko, um, who went through a huge struggle for a couple years. Wins. It's her 17th win. I had no idea she had won that many she is I, That was crazy to she me. She is 24 years crazy. old, and only three of those wins have come in her 20s. That is how good she was when she was Sawyer's age. See, like, I didn't know that she had won that many times. So, like, I, the most thing I know about Lydia Ko is, like, obviously she was, like, supposed to be a phenom. And then, like, all they talked about for years is, oh, what happened to Lydia Ko, and now she's winning again. Right. She's only 24, but apparently she's also won 17 times. So, like, what is happening? And I have a cool thing talking just with Lydia Ko and John Rong, how you're saying how great he is off the course, maybe not necessarily on the course. Lydia Ko actually credited her win partially to a quote she had heard from John Rong, saying, it's not about how many times you hit the fairway. Golf at the end of the at the end, you have to try and play and score the best you can in the circumstances. That was the mindset she took in. A great example of how John Rom possibly impacted the game, uh, maybe without 
I'm never ever going to be able to say anything bad about John Rom without everybody getting so. Well, no, because I searched Sawyer. I just searched John Rom because you said the thing about Shoffley. I was like, how many times has he won compared to Shoffley? And then that was the first one that popped up. No, he is he has won way more than Shoffley has on tour. I'm just talking more about he. Anyway, he's been the bridesmaid Lydia, a lot. Awesome. I know what happened to Lidico. She signed with PXG. What shit? Everyone does. All right. Well, though, isn't Luke Lissel PXG guy? Uh, yes. Because I just saw something. My buddy, yeah, yeah, my is, buddy yeah. Matt works for PXG now, and apparently PXG won the last two events. So everyone's like, Ooh, PXG. Hey, hey, Joe's on. There he hey, is. Hey, so, hey, Daniel, hey. Daniel Kang finishes one back. Lots of youth and excitement in the LPGA right now. Seriously, a lot. Joe, what's up? He said, uh, my fall boys were calls. Didn't know you guys had heads running before getting into the show. Three of the ads were Ricky. Big shocker. We had heads on our show? I don't know if that's a joke or what. I hope it's a joke. <laughs> but if, if we have three ads of Ricky on the show, well, you better start sending us some money. Joe, Joe's definitely kidding. I, he, yeah, he just caught me wrong there. Um, Joe, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Always like having you on board. Um, Ricky sucks. Anyway, uh, let's we're gonna move on to the AT&T Pebble Beach program. A solid C plus field, maybe C minus. I don't know. Let's go. What tournament is it? Uh, the uh, AT&T, AT&T Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Oh, the Pebble Beach. Yeah. Pro so, Am. Are there amateurs this year? There, there are, are amateurs this year. So Huey Lewis is back. So I think the, the thing about this tournament is right. You look like Huey Lewis. Hey, there's nothing wrong with you on your mouth, Jay. I think. This tournament aggravates me that they waste a tournament of Pebble Beach for this. Because, like, they were talking about it. Like, the, the rounds are, like, eight hours long because of all the amateurs. Like, I, I just – so there's just that added factor to it that makes it kind of tough. But um, you only have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the top 50 there. A bunch of those guys are over in the Saudi, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but Patrick Cantley is there. He should be in the hunt. Uh, not much else to say. He was tied for third last year. Spieth coming off a bad performance last week at Torrey. We're yet to see if the swing change is working. He has enjoyed success at Pebble in the past, T3 last year, and a win in 17. But a far cry from that posting a plus four last week at the Farmers, excuse me, and missing the cut. What's everybody saying on Spieth? this week? I mean, just because of how weak the field is, are we betting Spieth this week? No. Yeah, Wait, let me ask the magic. He played, he played great. Should I bet this week? No. <laughs> he played great <laughs> there last year. Yeah, he played great. He played phenomenal yeah, last year. And is he in that current form? Who knows? This, this is a conversation we're going to have. I will say, though. shit on this tournament all you want. The most fun you will have at a golf tournament. Believe that. Yeah, if you can go the to it, I'm sure it's a lot. No, it's not. Waste management. Yeah. Okay, that's a good Different point. Animal. But I am <laughs> mad fun with all the celebs. Like, just you that's just so you'll see Bill Murray walking around. My thing is great betting, great setting. Is that it's just like all about trend. I mean, we talked about this coming to the hero. It was like goes out gets last. We're like, oh, it's no big deal. Like it's the hero. It's a freebie. Yep. But, but then the trend comes is... out, and this is another cut. And this is another cut. And another. I don't know if he lost another one, but yeah, yeah. it's not been. No, he, he is it's about his game right now. Says, "Oh, I want to put ten dollars on Jordan Spieth to win." I guess my question is, especially at probably not good odds. I guess my question is this: He had a good year last year. Why make the change? Why are we? Why are we fiddling with the swing that finally got him back in the winner's circle after a four-year stretch? And that's a question for another time. When we're not. 3.0. Yeah, I guess. Uh, next on the list would be number twenty in the world, Daniel Berger, last year's winner. A good pick again this year. He was T20 at the Farmers, T5 at the TOC, and T7 at the Hero. Um, I'd like him to put it together this week. Ooh, here we go. Oh, Matt Pitts, Tommy's guy. Ooh, hasn't played on – has never played great on U.S. soil. Has been good across the pond. Um, the USA doesn't the stand for some little bitches coming play in our courses. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, he's done absolutely nothing wrong in my entire life. Not even like ever bet him, and he did me wrong. Like I just like don't like him. Yeah, it just makes me want to punch it. (laughs) (laughs) He he is kind of a. He looks like somebody that went to a British prep school and like with all boys, and none of the boys liked him. (laughs) 
<laughs> or, or too many of the boys. <laughs> All right. Next on the list, Thomas Peters. Also fat ginger, so it's okay. <laughs> Thomas Peters coming off a big win at the HSBC two weeks ago and a T12 last week. He looks primed to play well. This will be his debut in the States for the season. Uh, Happy's caddy next on the list, Will Zalatoris. Picking him again this week. Um, we shouldn't have to explain why we pick him right now. Um, he's playing really well. Uh, was a cunt hair away from winning a tournament last week. That's very um, small. Kids, kids next on the list. Uh, kids has been <laughs> playing good golf. Traditionally, Traditionally, he hasn't been great at Pebble, Pebble with one top five, with one top ten, and five out and five out of eight cuts uh, made <laughs> so far in 2021. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Get a grip over there, Timmy. Well, how long's the course? Because if it's under 7,100 yards, he's right it there. Oh, bet him. $100. Kids win. Done. $7,000. We get podcast. He's yep. winning. So, well, I mean, according to his numbers this year, I wouldn't doubt it. So far in 21-22, he has three top three top tens and three tries. Tied five at the QBE. Tied eight at the TOC. Tied three at the Sony. Oh. Um, Mackenzie Hughes is next. What are we going to Give me the Streelman this week. Oh, you're, you're beating me to it. I he loves this place. Him and Fitzgerald played together. I expect him to go low. Top uh, Joe? Last year. That is Joe. Who Joe, I got, I got six straight top 20s in the tournament with a runner-up in 2020 for Streelman. Tied for 39 last week at the Farmers and not much else to write home about this year, but good for a top 10, top 20. Joe, welcome to my world. You're I'm loving it. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes next on my list. Missed the cut last week, but is always a fun guy to take for a top 10. The odds are always great. Um, and we, we, I just did all the guys in the top 50 here. Uh, so we hit the button. Top. Min Wu Lee, uh, not playing his best the last couple weeks. Uh, missed the cut. Uh, missed the cut last year with a plus five. It's a dangerous guy. I'm gonna stop you right there, Ty. I'm gonna stop you right there. Don't you read what I wrote about Justin? I'm not Rose. reading about Justin Rose. You took my pick. Who's that? Oh, yeah. He's going to win this tournament. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, Him I, or Jay Day are going to win this tournament. So, his name's going to win. <laughs> Justin Rose. Objectively <laughs> wrong. Jay Rosie, you old SOB. You tried to make me a believer last week, but I'm not biting. Still avoiding you like a hot bitch with a cold sore. Just stay out of my life. You son of a bitch, I'm not in. <laughs> I hate Justin Rose. Like, like you hate Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose. Hate, but why? What did he ever do? He's good for the game. He's, he's great like for the, the nicest game. dude. He's a, he's great for the why game, is he top he's 50? Nice yeah, but Ty's a Chase guy, not a Morgan Stanley. So. He burned me a couple times last year, and my butthole's still a little singed off for it, okay? Yeah. like, Yeah, so I... I just can't um, can't bad, bad, memories. bad memories. <laughs> yeah. Bad memories is the best way to put it. Uh, Mav McNeely, he's my guy this week. Grew up on Pebble, shot the place up last year, and played decent last week with a T30. Uh, final day 75 really put a damper on things at the Farmers, but I, I love him this week. He is top 20, top 10, top 5, and a win bet for me this week. And I will be betting uh, a nice chunk of change. Many gold rings. Many, um, so many gold rings. Seamus Power next on the list. T14 at the Amex after a disappointing Sunday. I like him to bounce back this week. He's only made the cut twice and four chances at this tournament. But he's a different player right now than I think he has been over his career. Uh, he just looks confident. Uh, Jason Day, welcome back from Obscurity J-Day. Played a healthy golf at the Farmers. Took home a top five. The swing looks great and the putter is always great. 12 for 12 and cuts made at this tournament with eight top tens. Tied for seventh, fourth, tied for fourth, tied second, tied fifth, tied 11th, T4 in last seven appearances there. So Sounds you're looking for, a, yeah, looking for a top 10 guy. There's a there's a guy for you. Uh, Joe's pick, uh, we got Streelman here. I already read my notes on him, but I do love Kevin Streelman this week. Another guy I like a lot is uh, my, my guy, Fear the Beard, Michael Thompson. Uh, he's gone T5, cut T11 the last three weeks. So he had a top 10 in 2020 here. And with this week of with this week of a field, I'd like him to be in the hunt on Sunday. And as his trend goes, T5 cut T11. Well, he's just going to win now. And that beard is it's so manly. It could beautiful. literally impregnate a woman just by them looking at him. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm not, not by Michael Thompson, the beard itself. <laughs> it would be a beard baby. <laughs> we got another Joe comment there. 
now is it the all right, Charlie Hoffman next on the list. I feel like it's time to see Chuck back in the weekend. Uh, we know he's gearing up for the waste management as always. Russell Knox is next on the list, tied for seventh at the Sony and missed the cut at the Amex. He has three top 20s and a top 10 in this tournament, and the top 10 was last year. Look for him to play well. And then my my the best odds you're going to have all week is like the Tom Hogue. Uh, he's gone T4, missed cut, solo second, missed cut. So obviously he's going to win it. He's trending. Yeah. That's, um, that's basic kindergarten math. He's right. going to follow the pattern. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I had his best finish of the last year with a solo 12. He is sixth in the draw on strokes gained approach to the green at a, at a course that you need to find the putting surface. So I like Tom Hogue a lot. This in case you wanted to know how Tommy runs the books here at PTP, it's kindergarten math. They're fashion. They're entirely in fact, or factual. Whatever the word I'm looking for is. <laughs> Infatuated? That's not the word. No, I'm kidding. Tommy Galaxy Brain. Uh, Brian Harmon's next on the list. Brian, I, I got to throw a lefty in. Uh, Lanto Griffin returns, not playing, not playing after not playing last year. It was T9 in 2020. He's been playing good golf. Um, and then basically, I, I put a list of guys that play well at the different courses, right? So Pebble Beach, top five strokes games are Dolly Vanderwalt. <laughs> he has two rounds because apparently he's plus yeah. 3.76, but also missed the missed cut. The cut. <laughs> Must have played spot. Um, you've got uh, Matthew Naismith with five rounds. I would bet Matthew Naismith this week. I like him a lot. Uh, Matt McNeely, we all love him. Charles Schwartzel. And then that's easy, son of a bitch, Justin Rose. We'll give you eight. <laughs> Spyglass Hill, you've got Vanto Griffin, uh, Justin Rose. God, he must play well there. Maybe I need to bet Jay Rose. Oh, he's week. sucking you back <laughs> in. That cold source. Uh, it's going to be a lot of friction. I know. Uh, Spieth, Joel Damon, Daniel Berger, and then Monterey Peninsula's Jason Day. Sung Kang, Brandon Wu, Charles Schwartz again, and your boy. Come here, James. your mouth. Can we? All right. So, how do we feel about this? It's like the third week in a row, or I guess they did last week, but like two of the last three weeks where they were playing three different courses. Do yeah. you like that? Like, I hate it. So, I, it's no, just I, confusing. It is a little confusing, but I love it, and that's. Completely biased, 100% biased. It's biased being now, played there. Exactly. So here's the thing, and I <laughs> this is an account you follow, like it recommended it to me because you follow okay. it on, on Twitter, um, and it kind of gave a little background on the tournament and whatnot. Apparently, Spyglass plays the hardest, like the scores are the highest. Yep. At Spyglass, specifically when there's no win. Really? Yes. Because Why they're calling the case. Because well, because I guess when the wind's blowing, it plays shorter. Mm-hmm. However, the wind blows on that course. It's sure, just with or the NGU. jet stream, whatever way it comes exactly. in off the water, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, that's just how it goes. Like it's like the first five or six holes are out on the water, and then it just cuts back into the trees. Um, so you're kind of shielded from that. But you know, that I, was uh, interesting to read. My question with that though was, was uh, not with that, but like my original question was like, shouldn't it be a better viewing? Because it's like you're seeing more holes. It's not the same holes over and over again. Yet for me, I just get frustrated following along. Like I hate well, a tournament where it's like Luke List, come or Princess SC. Like right. What? Like, I don't know I, what that means. I just wanted. I, I can't follow right. fifty four holes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so for me, it's not that smart. It's just a little frustrating as a better because certain guys are going to play better yeah. on other courses. Like we talked about how the North and South course are so different at Tory last week. Um, but I, I, I get why they do it, especially in this format with a pro-am. Like, you need that many holes, right? Like, otherwise, my God, you're going to be there. You're, it's going to be an eight-day tournament. Um, but I just uh, – I guess it's a tie I'm thing. I, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm biased, of course. But also, doesn't it kind of add to the magic of Pebble a little bit? You don't play it for all four rounds like they specifically okay. leave that four majors. So, so yes, it, it absolutely adds to, it adds to the magic of Pebble. That's one of the reasons why I hate that they wasted on a pro am. Agreed. Okay, Agreed. like that's like it right could there. Be like, a more important tournament. 
I agree. Watching this tournament on TV is like pulling teeth. And by the way, I want to say something about the no laying up guys. It bugs the shit out of me that a couple of the guys that are on that podcast do not watch every second of aired golf. Like you guys, that is your job. It's not my job. And I love every fucking second of it. So if you're looking for somebody to hire to watch all the golf and give you all the highlights, you just let me know. But it's a damn shame. Like that's what you guys do for a living and have a ton of followers. And I love the show, guys. And I'm sure you'll never see this, but holy crap, like buckle down. Watch the golf. Like even if you have the DVR and watch like I sit there watching take goddamn notes. Like and I'm not saying that like that's what all of us should be doing. We don't get paid to do this. Well, as, as our, our audio, audio and our production value shows. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, my God, like, that's, that's your job. job. You're going to sit there and talk about the podcast and do a, a recap every week and then do a preview every week. Like, like nope, be there. Make sure you know everything that's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, watching this tournament's tough to watch. And I, and I will. I'll watch all of it. It's tough to watch because you've got to watch Aaron Rodgers miss a two-and-a-half-foot putt that, you know, doesn't mean anything except for the amateur combined score. And like, I guess you can bet on the amateurs this year is something that's actually happening. You know, one shot he's not going to get this weekend. The vaccine. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. We're not going there. Um, so the next, the next question, the next question is um, the Saudi tournament. That's this week. A lot of top 50 players there. I mean, Jason Duffner's there. One of my favorite players back in the day. Um, Duff man, Campery. That man's oh, got more no. charm now than he ever has. <laughs> oh, I still love him. <laughs> oh, no. Duff man, can't breathe. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the funniest one they ever did. Oh. <laughs> that was so goddamn funny. You said I wouldn't have to touch the man. <laughs> Duff man says a lot of things. <laughs> Duff man says a lot of things, baby. Right. <laughs> oh. Hey, Freddy, I got a movie for you. A fridge too far. Sorry. Anyway, all the Simpsons train. Um, a lot of good names at the Saudi event. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was tough to find info on the Saudi event. <laughs> Maybe because it's a new event, but um, I, I mean, you got your usual suspects to bet there. I, I don't know that I'm going to bet it. I'm not sure I support the Saudi event yet. How's everybody feeling about it? Is this the alternate? Like, yeah. This is like the, the sharks. The, yeah, this is the Greg Norman thing. Yeah. Here, isn't it? Um, I couldn't really well, care less about it. The only thing I know is Robert Cabrera, but he's getting second to the no, he's not. <laughs> There's too many good players there. Uh, that's true. It's, it's like, I mean, you're talking answer, Paul Casey, DeChambeau, Fleetwood, Garcia, Hatton, DJ, Mickelson, Nah. Yeah, Neiman, so that's, that's exactly why Holter, it's an, the, the purse is crazy. They're getting paid to go over there. And the fact that it's an Asian tour event for the purses, I think, says everything you need to know. It's being recorded by. It is. You can have See, that much bigger purse and have no information on it. I, I've got some here. Oh, so not a lot to the winner, but you know no, the win bigger the winner's not even making a million bucks. The purse is only five million, and the winner gets eight eight hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars. DJ is the defending champion. So um, you know, but there's a lot of really good players there. If you want to bet it, bet it. I'm just I, I haven't decided yet. I don't know if I'm betting it or not. I just don't understand why there's so many people going over. It's at Royal Green, Royal Greens G and C C. You're saying it's for money. Economic first of city. All, so like, unless he just uh, unless uh, golfstats.com just doesn't have the. Correct. Uh, well, I think. Well, I think they are getting paid. I think there's a an appearance fee. Harold Varner the third is getting paid an appearance fee. Yep. Now I don't know about that because Sonic no. Fleetwood on the Dylan yeah. podcast said he was not approaching about it. Okay. And is not getting an appearance. That's Tommy Fleetwood. Right. But that's a big wanna, bigger name than Harold Varner the third. HB three probably is definitely getting one because man, the guy rocks. Yeah, but HB three is famous because he's not famous. It's like Smiley Hall. 
Everybody know who Smiley Cough is? No, 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 no. He's not like Smiley Cough. Harold Varner is not some like. Harold Varner is a consistent PGA Tour card holder. Right. Smiley Kaufman is not. Every single person that follows golf knows who H.P. is. Yeah, absolutely. That's why he's getting embarrassed. All right. So let's. Are we talking the Saudi International? Or are we skipping? We're skipping. We're going on to the next subject. We're done with this shit. <laughs> Don't throw it at me. I was going to say, one of these days, I'm just going to waffle you with this thing. Waffle. <laughs> um, today, Matt and I did an interview uh, that we'll be posting a little bit later with his buddy DJ. Uh, talked about some great golfers that he played with and played college golf against. It was uh, unfortunately had some technical issues, but uh, hopefully we can hear it when we uh, listen to the download. And uh, I'll edit it out and, and try and clean it up. Um, also, Matt and I will be uh, debuting our new podcast here in uh, the coming days by the book Baseball. Uh, one of the fun things about that one is we'll be creating our own Hall of Fame that will be able to be located on our website, bythebookbaseball.com. And uh, we, uh, we have committed to making a real baseball hall of fame so check that out um let's uh, let's get some golf talking tommy tell us about Florida, man how'd it go man could i knock it off the team <laughs> you know what it's just it's just florida in general it's just like you're all, all these small plots of land where they fit 18 holes into it and for some reason they all chose plots of land that were originally jungles and then and then, so if you hit it, like, if you're in the fairway, you're great. If you hit it off the fairway, you're literally being attacked by a tiger. <laughs> a tiger. <laughs> so, real, real quick, I'm going to cut you off here. Um, Joe's got another comment here. Hey, you guys are starting the baseball podcast. Uh, let's go. Barry Bonds better be the first one in. Joe, you absolutely know it is. Yeah, so the way I'm going to talk to Matt about this after the pod today, but the way we're going to do it is each week we're allowed to nominate four guys. So we'll nominate the four guys. We'll post them on Twitter, and we'll post them everywhere we can possibly post them and, and try and get votes. Um, every week that we come back with the amount of votes, we'll have however many votes, and then three out of the four will get in. The fourth will be put in a pot that can get in at a later time, and we'll have veto power if, like, for some reason we had four people and Barry Bonds was one of them and didn't get enough votes. Barry Bonds is going into this Hall of Fame because it's an actual Hall of fucking fame. Not a Hall of my writers liked me or I sucked off the guy who writes for the New York Times. So this is going to be an actual baseball Hall of Fame. PEDs were prevalent and not tested or illegal. So therefore, it's just like when they took amphetamines and greenies, um, in my opinion. So we're this is going to be a baseball Hall of Fame that is documented on a website that is real baseball players that should be in the hall of fame so um and we will go back deep so i have a list of players that are already in the hall of fame that i'll be giving matt to take a look at but uh check that out uh we were talking about possibly tonight we'll we'll get it up there on this is it's not going to be as much of a live podcast as uh pre-recorded and uh edited out so we'll see how that all turns out but yeah joe hope you check it out it should be a good time back to tommy's florida trip yes so i got to by a tiger <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, anytime you get January golf, especially living in PA is a bonus, but I did a cool thing. I, at least I thought it was cool is, you know, on our story Instagram, I, re I recapped the four rounds from a statistical standpoint, which I think not enough people do. And you don't have to get crazy in depth. I, all I did was greens and reg, fairways and reg, putts and how many penalties I had. And it's very apparent that I need to, I mean, obviously we don't play as tight of courses up here, but driving was a point of emphasis for me uh had nine penalties seven of which were off the tee in three rounds yeah. three three shots around where you went back and i only averaged eight over par so i mean you take those out that's five over already so right um we made some alterations to the driver when we got home uh matt being the club expertise he is we took a half inch we tipped, tipped my driver half inch, inch so it's only going to play at 45 it's 45 and a half it's also gonna it's also gonna be a little bit stiffer, which is a little obnoxious because it was already a Ventus Black 7X, but I just felt like I was getting a little bit too much kick. Uh the new Adele putter, really enjoyed that. Um just great to play golf. They follow us on uh Twitter now. Oh do they? I love that. Yeah, they yeah, use the new putter. Uh came home to some new wedges that I didn't get to use down there, but I'm excited to use in the future. 
Um, can use them on this new awesome short game, yes. Matt. That's uh, a new short game yeah, area. We, put in, we just put in a new short game area today, about two hours before. Dude, why? I mean, we got eight minutes left of the podcast. Quiet down back there. Yeah. So uh, we. Uh, <laughs> Tommy's all befuddled yeah. now. <laughs> So we got to go. He's put in a new short game area about two area about two hours before this podcast started. It's a fifteen foot by twenty foot area in the store that we'll be using for people to test putters, do putter fittings, and then exclusively for wedge fittings with wedge demos, not stock items. We'll let people chip certain directions. It looks thing. awesome. It's it came in as I a think we got square piece of turf. Hey, uh, Sawyer, you want to hop into Matt's seat since he decided to run away before the podcast ended? <laughs> yeah. So, did Joe uh, throw another comment in there? Mm-hmm. So, I was in Estero slash Fort Myers, Florida. Played what's called Raptor Bay in Estero, Fort Myers Country Club, which was one of my favorites in the area, and then Stony Brook, which is kind of like the typical public track, but always in really good shape. Uh, has, I think, it's called the Talons Grip, which is a stretch of three holes that are not, like they're hard holes, but only because they're very tight. Uh, not necessarily long. I think I only hit more than four iron once in three holes. So, but very tough stretch of holes there, which is fun. Um, but I mean, it was really nice to just get an idea. You know, after playing, you know, all these trackman rounds, you know, where we're doing auto tour prodding for the most part, shipping's a little different because it grabs so quickly. To see where my game was really at. I mean, I'm shooting. You know, you know, in our league rounds, I'm shooting you know two to four over. So see, I'm really shooting like eight to or six to ten over. It was a little, you know, but made me feel pretty good. It's like, all right, so we took it out to the course after not playing, for, you know, since the day we played before New Year's and not consistently since October. And so, like, that's where my full scores. I also look at it like this. When you go from playing in simulator golf to outside, there's a couple of variables that just, you know, lines aren't flat. You're, you're not going to be hitting a shot every two minutes. You're going to be hitting a shot every five to seven minutes because of travel between shots. So, I think the line was a big thing for me, and I think that's well, part of the reason. Like, it was here, like, you know, you set yourself up, and then you set yourself, like, in the same angle yeah. every time towards the screen. And then having to, like, be like, oh, on the right side of the hole, I have to aim back towards the left now. It's just, right. like, that was, I think, where I struggled a little bit more, both off the tee and not. But um, so I'm excited to to really dial in. I think I learned. I was a little disappointed that I didn't put part threes better because of how much work I put into my you know, face angle and stuff over the last couple months, but I think it's got to continue to be the long game. I got to work on putting and chipping. It was actually pretty good. Just got to uh, get the, get more balls in play. Not necessarily more reg, fairways in reg, but uh, in place in reg. So, How was your distances? You, you mentioned track man versus outside. Uh, yeah, the, distances? So the coolest thing is 100 yards and in, especially like 60 to 40 yards. Like I would – Look like an asshole. I've got like 30 yards, but my rage finder out. I'm like, okay, 38 yards or whatever. I know exactly how to hit that. It's like a knee to knee shot that I've learned in the sim. And I'd, if anything, I would land it the distance and it would roll out a little bit more. But like it wouldn't grab as much. It would still be close. But I mean, I was flying it like pin high or just short of pin high every time. And it was just like, yeah. So if you have the opportunity to get on any kind of monitor, I mean, obviously we use TrackMan here. Our friends over at Android use TrackMan, part of the reason why we partnered up. Um, it's just a really great way to learn your distances. I mean, an extremely accurate system, but I think even more so with when it comes to 100 yards and in. And um, if you're just beating balls into a net, it's great to have something at home, but if you're not getting any kind of feedback, it's only says they're only going to go so far. So to learn how what a 38 yard shot feels like and a 164 yard shot feels like, you know, well, is a big thing. Hitting balls into a net. There's, there's two things you're going to improve hitting balls into a net, and that is your strike because you're just getting reps in and comfort. With a track man, you can work on everything. You know, I, I mean, there's, there's just it's, – it's almost endless, especially for a guy like me that, you know, hitting into a net isn't going to help me at this point. It's not going to help Tommy at this point. We need to see numbers, right? Like, we need to understand, like – Oh, okay. Like, all right. I've, I've dropped a couple pounds and put on some muscle. And now I guess, you know, just little things like that or attack angle, things like that. Um, let's get, let me close up shop. There's a thing coming in at four. It's about three fifty. Um, so, uh, we'll go around, uh, one, well, like guys, 
like always, thank uh, the Painted Minds for letting us use their their uh, YouTube site and their StreamYard. Um, I want to thank Pull the Pin for having us here. Uh, tip of the week, real quick, quick tip. Oh, come back to me, quick. I got. I'll just go back to what I was saying: is keep stats. Yep. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be thorough. You don't need to get like strokes gained. I mean, you can do that, but for most people, it's not going to be relevant and it's a bit time consuming. But you should know how many greens are red you hit, how many putts, how many. If you don't like keep, I don't even recommend keeping fairways in red, especially around here because our roughs aren't that penalizing. How many times do you have a second, a clear second shot to the green is important. And that's going to tell you really quick where you need to put your work in. Is it on the greens? Is it up and down to another one of the teeth? Am I not getting close to the hump on chips? Am I missing a lot of greens or am I just constantly in the trees? And that's going to be the quickest way for you to determine where you need to work on. And then when you determine where you work on, go find a PGA professional, go find a teaching structure, get on a launch monitor that can give you some kind of feedback so that you can actually make improvements and the right changes to your game. So, so I'm going to piggyback off of that. that. Um, my tip today was, was similar to that because I was watching you while you were in front of but the uh, the big thing that I want golfers to start thinking about is what kind of golfer are you? Okay, what kind of golfer are you? Are you the golfer that's only going to play on Saturday and Sunday? You're going to go out with your buddies. You're going to knock the ball around, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is not what I'm going with here. But if you are that kind of golfer, understand the concepts of the game. Understand that if you're going to be that kind of golfer, you can't go out there with expectations, get all pissed off, and take five and a half hours to play around a golf. If you want to be the kind of golfer that's improving, keeping a handicap, and getting better, Make that decision, starting with keeping your stats, knowing your distances, putting some work in. There is always time, guys. I don't care if you have 15 kids and you work two jobs. Wake up earlier, all right? I, I know that I'm not going to have time at the end of the day to go to the gym, so I do it in the morning. I do it at, I get up at 4 in the morning, and I get to the gym by 5, and I work out. Okay, like, those are the commitments you make if you decide you want to be that kind of golfer, right? So, okay, I get an hour lunch break and I work five minutes from Overlook. I'm going to drive over to Overlook. I'm going to hit a half bucket of balls over lunch, and I'm going to work on one thing that day if you want to be that kind of golfer. You don't have to be that kind of golfer. If you want to be that, I'm going to go get drunk and hack it around. That's great. But don't go be that drunk that's hacking it around and be like, oh, should be shooting 77. No, you shouldn't. I, you just shouldn't. Like, I don't care how good you were at one point if you're not going to practice. Don't have those expectations, okay? Keep your stats if you want to be a golfer that's improving. If you just want to be a guy that hangs out with the guys, that's okay. So just you guys talked about it a little bit, but just to really dumb it down, practice with a purpose. Yeah, we are. I've talked about that with you guys and Ben sort of a few times. You know, for a while there, I was practicing playing every single day, seven days a week. My best score ever is a 74. I was anywhere between 75 and 78, pretty much every round I played. But I could never really get past that hump. Driver Why? fit in here. Yep. Why is that? I didn't practice with a purpose. Practice yeah. with a purpose. All right. For Tommy, for Matt, I'm Ty. We will see you guys next week. Check out By the Book Baseball, maybe tonight. We'll see. Talk to you guys soon.